What's up, everybody? You know, one thing I like about podcasting that I didn't see coming before I started to podcast is like the community that comes from it, depending on how you do social media and websites and all that. Obviously, you can just do a podcast and ignore everybody and then do another podcast and ignore everybody. And that's that's a logical approach, probably in some cases a little more mentally sane approach, but you're missing out on an opportunity, I guess, to learn from your listeners and have that sort of interaction and and all of that, which I have found extremely satisfying. Another thing that I did not take into consideration is just how much learning would come from the guests that we had on, reading their books, uh, being corrected and steered in a better direction, and from our listeners too. And I love that through this podcast, there's a lot of conversations amongst people that would not exist in the same way that it exists without some of the podcasts that I'm a part of. It's like my favorite thing. I love it. Current season of my life has a lot to do with parenting, and I'm always thinking about parenting because I'm always a parent. And I thought to myself, well, I want to share some of my questions and concerns and Maybe some of the things that I think maybe I have right, but look for some feedback with that as well. And so I'm going to come on here once in a while and talk about parenting, but it's surely not from an expert's perspective. There's a lot of experts out there. I mean, real experts on parenting. In fact, I'm going to talk about a book here in a second of written by an expert that I think is almost like a a must read. And I don't say that about too many books. But what about, so you take the expertise avenue of listening to experts, but what about, I'm having a hard time saying experts today, but what about just having a lot of experience and actively making mistakes and having conversations with others about those mistakes in the context of parenting? I mean, so here I am trying to figure stuff out in the middle of parenting to where sometimes you guys know it's so chaotic you're just trying to make it to the next day but it seems like we all should be talking to keep each other sane and also to give each other some good feedback and advice and push back change the way that we think about it and and all of that so i mean i think that conversations amongst novices fill a void that reading from an expert doesn't. They're they're both two different purposes, both two good things. So all of that being said, this is a new segment of this podcast that I get to do whatever the heck I want to do because it's called the Spin Zone. That's part of my last name if you haven't picked up on that. And so this is called Parenting Good Enough Negative 101 because I don't want anyone listening to this as Joey Svensson figured out parenting. So I want to tell you, I guess, three different things. One's a story, and then two are, uh, one, uh, one's a story, one's a product that I take part in that I, I'm not making any money off of an ad. It's just something that I simply really enjoy and want to share it with you guys. And then one's a book, like I said, from an expert that I'm reading. But first of all, I want to tell you an experience that I had with my two boys, six and eight years old. We have a great relationship. They love and respect me. I love and respect them. But one thing about my parenting, and I do lose my cool, I do lose my temper, I do yell, I have thrown things, but for the most part, I'm able to keep it kind of low-key, kind of laid back. Now, I have taken a lot of pride in that, uh, and I'm not saying that in a good way, but pride to the point of I realize when I do raise my voice, I mean, it's like 
thunder on a sunny day, just out of nowhere. Where did that come from? And I capture my kids' attention, uh, and I know I have their respect, but I saw the looks on my two boys' faces, and I recognized fear as well. And that did not sit well with me. So I kind of stooped down and said, hey, I uh, actually... I climbed in their uh, bed to say goodnight, and I said, hey, I just I just want to ask you guys something. You guys realize when I raise your voice at me that I still love you. Uh, half the times, I'm not even that mad. Like, I just am super serious. But you guys, I don't ever want you to be afraid of your dad. Like, that's off the table. You do not be afraid of your dad. I don't care if how hard I yell and the depths of my heart know that I love you, and please don't ever be afraid of me. And they both, I think, understood it partially. I mean, obviously, the very end, okay, check, note to self, don't be afraid of dad. But I, I also need to kind of change how how I do that whole thing. But I, it got me to thinking, is, is there such thing as a healthy fear for your parents? I think for me, where I'm at right now is once you say the word fear, then I'm thinking, nah, that shouldn't be from a kid to a parent, but I don't know. And I'm going to leave that right there because I'm curious about what other people think. Um, one way that you can, or that really the only way, I mean, you guys know where I'm at social media wise, but here's what I'd like to do. I'd like to give you my email address, joeyswensonbc at gmail.com and uh, send me your comments on that. And uh, once in a while, I'll, uh, I'll, talk about some of these comments, especially the ones that ring true to me or that correct me or um, helps me think in other terms, I'd really appreciate that. All right, so that's the first part. The second part is a really cool app that I just started using for my daughters. Again, this is not a paid ad. This is simply me sharing a product with you that I have found very helpful. Uh, Things are just so crazy and chaotic, and it's hard to slow down and teach your kid everything you want to teach them. This kind of has the teaching built into the process. First of all, they get a cool, uh, they can be a minor. Like you you can do this with with minors, where if you go to the bank, your kid has to be a certain age to have a debit card. Well, this is kind of, this is functionally a debit card, but there's an app built into this whole system. So I can pull up my green light app and it's got a place where it says parents wallet. So that's the amount of money that I have from my bank put into that app. And then I have my two oldest kids, both of them girls, uh, and they have they both have their own accounts and I can look at their accounts. I can see how much money I have put into their account and I can also green light specific places where they can spend money and also red light places I don't want them spending money at. Now, I don't really have any use for the red light part because at this point in time, um, wherever they're at, they're with adult supervision. And so I'm not worried about them spending money at certain places, but it's still cool to have that kind of control just in case the situation ever necessitated that. Now they can pull up an app on their phone and look and see how much money they have in their green light account. Uh, They can see the places uh, in which they are allowed to spend money, which at this point, I do not have any restrictions. But there's also a place where they can have uh, money saved, like a savings account built into uh, their app. 
where they can, I can slide money into that. So let's just say I want to give them $10 and I'm saying, Hey, but here's, here's how I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to give you $8 for your pocket money, $1 to put aside for your little brother's birthday coming up. Um, maybe you should add a little to that so you don't just buy him a piece of gum, but I'm going to slide $1 there and then I'm going to slide $1 into savings. And Hey, by the way, I'd recommend that any money you bring in, man, put some of it aside, but it is, I, I you have to see it to believe it. It's, it's uh, such a neat app and it is the, the byproduct of it is teaching my kids a lot about finances, but the, uh, constructive, efficient nature of just how all of that works is just splendid. I, we sent our our daughter to Disney World with her seventh grade class, and it was just so awesome for her to have that on hand uh, to spend money, no cash to lose, and I, you know, kind of have control over it. Um, or at least I have the ability to just kind of keep an eye on her money because right now I'm teaching her about money. And uh, so it's good for my eyes to be on that sort of thing. All right. Last uh, thing that I want to throw out there is a book that I find uh, just so incredible. Um, A friend of mine recommended it and it's basically, uh, it's basically called feeding the mouth that bites you. And it is focusing on adolescents living at home today here in 2019. So that may sound kind of great. Why'd you say adolescents living at home? Because they used to not. And that's the premise of this book is he basically says, if you go back to the 1930s, for instance, and you say, how are those teenage boys doing? They would look at you like you're crazy and say, well, I don't know what you mean by teenage boys, but I got two 16 year olds that have their own families and their own farm. Is that who you're talking about? Oh, Billy Bob and Scooter. (laughs) Why'd I have to think of redneck names? So adolescence and teenage years and all of that is like a fairly new concept to us. And I'm kind of putting words in this author's mouth, but we're basically all scrambling to figure this out. And it's giving us all a headache and it's driving us all insane. And it's because naturally built into these teenagers, they are actively seeking autonomy in their life. They want to know what does it take for me to be responsible for my own stuff. Like, when are you going to call me an adult? Like, they they need to know those sorts of things. So this guy basically encourages parents to go after those sorts of things aggressively, like giving them certain freedoms. And there are strings attached. I'll get to that in a second. But also making very clear to them, hey, this is what an adult is like. And if you want Uh, to take steps forward. We want to be a part of that. We want to help you get there. And so we are going to start giving you freedoms and then giving you guidance on how to handle them. And there's also some really, really good stuff about the pointlessness and arguing with your, with your teenage kid and how their needs, you just need to have structure in place. So most of the times there's just no room for argument. It's like, okay, well, here's, we have this posted. We both agreed that you're going to empty the dishwasher once a week. You didn't do it this week. And so here's the consequence. There's nothing really to argue about. And, and but then different principles. I mean, even to the point of this guy is, I, I think so real. He specifies to parents that there are, there's some lies. They're just natural for teenagers to do. And he explains kind of the psychology behind that and how we shouldn't get bent out of shape with certain lies that teen and I, and I know that will rub some people the wrong way. That's why you need to read the book. And if you don't agree with everything, at least, uh, you'll probably be stretched in, in certain directions. 
But here's how this works practically, okay? So one of the first freedoms that I want to give my oldest daughter is freedom over her room. So no more arguing and back and forth about clean the room and keep your uh, keep food out of there and make sure you've, you know, it looks like a wreck and all that stuff. Cause bottom line, probably what's going to happen is you're going to art. We're going to argue with her about that for the next seven years and it's never going to improve greatly. And then she's going to be gone. And we had all that tension and we could have just not had that tension. Uh, and that's one of the byproducts of, of going through, you know, uh, this loose model that he suggests to people. So let's take the room, for instance. Let's say next year I say, Rosa, this is your room. You're responsible for it. You keep it however you want. This is yours now. Uh, the only two things that I want to say is if you uh, have any sort of mess that causes how damage to your room, it's my house, it's my room, you're living in this room, but it's mine, uh, then you're going to be responsible for that. And let's just say another practical thing is keep the daggum door shut because we don't want to see that. All right, so we give her control of her room. It, we put it on a piece of paper. Rosa, is here is a freedom of hers. She, uh, When we tell her, hey, you are responsible for this, and that means a lot to a teenager to be like, okay, I, this is mine now. But here's the thing. <clears throat> if, if she uh, leaves food out one night and then three nights go by and there's still food out. And let's just say it attracts ants. And let's just say there are crazy ants that require us to call, uh, some, some pest control sort of thing to come and spray the ants. Well, I'm not paying for that. I gave her responsibility of her room and I told her to keep it ant free by picking up food and, uh, soda cans or whatever is in there. So no longer is there any sort of back and forth and I'm going to get this huge headache. I've told you so many times to keep your room clean. Now look what, what you've done. No, it's simple. I gave you freedom. Now you have to learn an adult responsibility. And that is sometimes when you don't do your share, it costs money. And so whether that's her Christmas money, birthday money, maybe she has money that she's been saving up. She pays for that. Here is why this is so important. Why not as parents, why don't we want our kids to have to fumble around with adulthood under our roof? Because by and large, parents for the most part care about their kids more than anybody else. So it'd be great for us to be able to see that, give the feedback and help steer and guide them along the way so that when they are not only on their own, but also living somewhere else, holy cow, maybe they had some experience with your guidance. This guy proposes, uh, the author proposes that uh, senior year of high school, the last freedom you give them is basically no curfew. You come and go as you please for your last three months of, of high school. Um, but then there are strings attached, such as, you know, if you, uh, well, you, you get the point. I'm going to start rambling. Uh, but why would you not want your kid to have complete freedom for a little bit of time while they're at your house so that you can... Uh, be their guide, uh, steer them in a different direction, let them make mistakes and everything. But the, the general principle of the book is aggressively go after giving your kid freedom and autonomy uh, with strings attached. And those strings are for their own good uh, and also for your sanity and the fact that, hey, you're in charge of this household. So you've, you've got to figure out how to put a system together that works. But uh, my friend that recommended this to me recommended it to a few others, and so far every single person that's reading it is just, their minds are blown. I'm so glad that I'm reading this now because I do think it will avoid a lot of World War Threes in our house. And my friend that recommended it laments 
uh, that she didn't read it earlier in her season of parenting because bottom line is she read it and uh, two of her kids were already out of the house. Uh, so it's a wonderful book. I highly recommend it. I'm going to actually try to get the author uh, on this podcast so uh, we can pick his brain a little bit. But that's it. I appreciate you guys listening. I really do crave some feedback and some good discussion. Right now, we'll just have to keep it at my email address, joeyspensonbc at gmail.com. Peace and love.